Amos chapter 4, there's 13 verses uh, in this chapter, and this is, I want to read all 13 verses uh, and probably preach out of verse 12, but I think we need to hear all of it. Now, I'm going to preach as fast as I can. Uh, I've got three points that I need to deal with today, and I, I really want to deal with that last one, even though it's not a long point, but I want to get to it, so I'm going to try to be as quick uh, as I can. Amos chapter 4 uh, look in verse 3, or verse 1, excuse me. Uh, hear this word, ye kind of Basha, and are in the mountain, and that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring, and let us drink. The Lord God hath sworn by his holiness that, lo, the days shall come upon you, that he will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. And ye shall go out at the breaches, every cow at that which is before her, and ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal multiply transgression. Bethel was where the house of God was. Bethel was the place where the tabernacle had been set up at. God destroyed Bethel because of their sin and their transgression. Just like he destroyed Jerusalem because of their sin and their transgression. He said, and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. And proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and want of bread in all your places, and yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And also I have withholden the rain from you, when there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain, upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered into one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increase. The pommel worm devoured them. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses. And I have made the stink of your camps to come up into your nostrils. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning, yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and created the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we certainly need you. 
Lord, I pray you'd guard our mind and our thoughts. I pray that you would help us while we preach how much we really, really stand in need of you. Lord, I believe you gave me this thought and I believe it is the message for the hour. And Lord, I pray folk will be very attentive to the word of God this morning. I pray folk will just uh, open their heart and add to the reception of your word that, Lord, that it can make a difference in their life. Lord, I know folk are in here fighting battles. I know folk need help, and I pray that uh, it's found in you. Let them trust you and look to you. If there's one lost, save them. Let them come to a place of repentance and trust you. We sure do love you and thank you for helping us. And again, Lord, we certainly need it. Save the lost. Help the sinner come to repentance. Help that one that needs help. And we ask you to help us for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Amos chapter 4, the Lord is uh, dealing with uh, Israel's sin. Uh, He deals with them in the very fact of Uh, their oppression, he deals with them in their idolatry. Uh, As a matter of fact, he's he's talking about their idol worship. Even uh, in Bethel, in Gilgal, he said, come and multiply your transgression. And that's what they were doing. Uh, They were offering sacrifice with leaven. Their heart was not right with God. They had forsaken the Lord. Uh, And in verses 6 through 11, uh, He says, I have tried my best to get your attention. He said, I've done everything I can to get your attention, but you have not paid attention. So in verse 12, he said this. He said, because I've done all these things and you've not done anything about it, he says, you need to prepare to meet me. And if I could preach for just a little bit this morning, uh, I want to preach uh, uh, on that thing, on that word right there, uh, uh, on to prepare. Uh, That word prepare means to get ready. Uh, It means to make ready uh, uh, or to provide uh, or to set uh, or to establish. I think most of us uh, know what preparation means. I hope and pray that most of you all are prepared for the weather that's coming. Boy, I tell you, ain't this sunny day very deceptive? It's very deceptive of what they say is coming tomorrow. But the world is deceived in the very fact that they think that they're okay, but there's coming a day when they're going to have to meet God. Uh, you realize that. Well, you realize uh, you're going to have to meet God one day. You better get a hold of that this morning. Uh, dear church member, dear saint of God, dear lost person, uh, you're going to have to meet God. How are you going to face Him? Now let me say quickly by way of introduction, uh, uh, there's some things in this Bible uh, that God has prepared. Uh, You can go over to the book of Jonah and you'll find that in Jonah chapter 1 that God prepared a great fish uh, to get Jonah's attention. 
Has God ever had to get your attention before? Let me ask you this, church. Do you think uh, that that whale, uh, say it says a great fish, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40 said, as Jonas uh, was three days and three nights uh, in the belly of the whale, it was a whale that swallowed him, amen. Uh, listen today, do you reckon uh, that thing got Jonah's attention? I think it did, don't you? Well, why do you say that? Uh, because he went to Nineveh and preached like God had told him to. But even in getting Jonah's attention, uh, uh, Jonah's heart uh, still wasn't right with God. How do you know? Uh, because you get to Jonah chapter 4 after he preaches and Nineveh repents. Uh, uh, in Jonah chapter 4, the Bible said that God prepared a gourd to come up over Jonah's head and give him some shade because it was sunny and hot. And then the Bible said that God prepared, there's that word again, prepared a worm uh, to eat the gourd. And so it ate the gourd. And then the Bible said in the very next verse that God prepared a, a vehement east wind to blow on Jonah. And so here's a man that has spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale and no doubt the gastric acid has eaten everything off of Jonah, his hair and everything. He's sitting up there. I think the boy was bald-headed if you want to know the truth. And he's sitting in the sun and and the sun's beating down on him and God prepares a gourd to come up over him, a tree if you would, and to shade him. But in the same fact, that night that worm ate that gourd and the gourd died and now he's having to deal not only with the sun but the vehement east wind and he's trying to teach Jonah a lesson. There's times that God prepares us lessons for us to learn. In the book of Psalms chapter 23 as, as he dealt with or as he told us that the Lord is our shepherd and I shall not want by the time you come to verse 5 I, he said David did thou prepare us the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm glad in the midst of fighting and in the midst of battle and in the midst of war uh, that God can prepare us a place uh, of rest and a place of feeding and a place of help and a place of fellowship. That's what that table's all about. For the child of... Am I making sense to y'all this morning? It's like yes. Alright, help me out now, church. In John chapter 14, the Bible said, Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, I go to what? Prepare you a place. So he's made preparation for us to have a place to go to one day after a while. I'm glad he's prepared us a home. He's done the preparation. But what have you done to prepare to meet God? First of all, number one, take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7. Now right now I'm talking to safe folk. But in 1 Samuel chapter 7, the nation of Israel... I, uh, they've been without the ark of God for about 20 years. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 7, they're wanting to bring that ark back. They're wanting to get it back uh, uh, and be with God. Uh, but in 1 Samuel 7, look in verse 1. And the men of kerjath Jerem uh, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it un into the house 
uh, of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. Now what's happened, uh, if you remember, Hophni and Phinehas lost it in a battle uh, and that against the Philistines. The Philistines ended up with it uh, uh, and God just, I mean, made the Philistines so miserable uh, they had to get shed of that thing uh, uh, and so they sent it back down the road uh, uh, and it ended up in a little town called Bethshemesh uh, uh, and they looked in it and God struck them too uh, uh, because of looking in that thing uh, and it ends up over here uh, uh, in Kerjeth Jerob. And so in verse 2, the Bible said, And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kerjeth Jerom, uh, uh, that the time was long, for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So what is the first thing that uh, if we're going to make a preparation to meet God, uh, is first of all, I believe we have to prepare to seek God. I think you need to know uh, uh, that He's in your heart, and if He's in there, uh, then you need to be finding out the will of God for your life. He tells them right here. He said, this is what I want you to do. Notice they lamented uh, after God. That means to mourn uh, and grieve and to be sorry uh, for the situation that they're in. Uh, and they were mourning after God. They wanted the presence of God. They wanted the power of God. Uh, uh, and that's what come uh, with that ark. Well, if they had that ark, then they had the presence of God and the power of God, and they knew those things. I, I, and God had been gone from them for a while. I'm going to tell you, there's some people, they're still coming to church, I, I, but God ain't been around them in a long time. I mean, hey, they just as cold uh, as cold can be and they're just living life uh, and going to and fro. They never consider God. Uh, uh, they hardly pray. They never read their Bible. Uh, they never seek God in that way. Uh, and Samuel told him in verse 3, uh, he said, look, if you're going to come back uh, with all your heart, then you're going to have to put some things away uh, and begin to seek God. I'm going to tell you, for some of you to prepare to seek God, you're going to have to put some things away. There's some things between you and God, some self-willedness, some pride, there's some stuff that you're going to have to take care of to prepare your heart to seek God. Preparation means to set some things in order. Preparation means to get ready for. For to find out God's will in your life, you're going to have to deal with some things. You're just going to have to deal with them. I hate to deal with things. I, I, I'll be honest with you, most of the time, I hate to deal with stuff. I, I know I talk big a lot of times and I carry on. I do not like confrontation. I ain't afraid of it. I, I just don't like it. Uh, and the greatest confrontation that you're going to have is with yourself. That's the biggest confrontation you're ever going to have because you can talk to yourself and convince yourself and try to talk yourself in and out of everything. Can I ask you something? Is there something between you and God? Is there something that keeps you from seeking God's will, wanting to get closer to Him and getting your heart in a place where God can use you and want to use you? You know what I find a lot of times in my life? Just plain old stubbornness. Just stubbornness. 
Sometimes it's just I don't want to turn loose of things. I, I, maybe it's worry. I, maybe it's doubt I, I, that's in there. I, I, I just can't. I, it just, that stuff will wire you out, friend. First Samuel 1, you can go look at that. We've talked about that a lot. But have you prepared your heart? Where is your heart in seeking God? Do you, is He even in your thoughts? Do you get up in the morning and, and, and thank the Lord for the good day? Do you get set out? And, and listen, I know I, I know you don't have to pray to God about how to go to work and what uh, route to take. Now, sometimes it'd be a good idea if you say, Lord, keep me safe, amen, on the way there. And if I need to take another way there, you let me know. But listen today, what I'm talking about is preparing our heart. 2 Chronicles chapter 19 talks about King Jehoshaphat. And when he became into the king, he began to set some things right. King Jehoshaphat didn't have everything right. He didn't have it all right. He didn't have it all figured out. And he had problems. But in 2 Chronicles 19, uh, uh, the prophet comes to him uh, uh, and he tells him, he says, you, you've done some things wrong over here, king. Uh, uh, but then in verse 3, he said, Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee and that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. He said, you've got your heart in a place where God can talk to you. Is your heart in a place where God can talk to you? Is your heart so soft that God can squeeze on it? Is your heart soft enough that God can deal with it today? Are we so hard-hearted that God's God He beat us on the head and treat us like Jonah over there and prepare a fish and prepare a gourd and a worm and a vehement east wind to get our attention, you see? He said, nevertheless, there are some good things in thee and that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land has prepared thine heart to seek God. Is listen, God, God, you ain't. God knows you ain't got it all figured out. You may think you have it all figured out. I may think I have it all figured out, but God knows you ain't got it all figured out. And can I say this today? God knows you got problems. He knows you got problems. He realizes you got problems. But if you'll set your heart and get it prepared how to seek God and say, Lord, I need a tender heart. I need a soft heart. I need to be in a place where you can deal with me. God can do something with that. Show God can do something with the very fact if you get your heart in place. You know, in our preparation to seek out God, you know what the Bible said in Ezra chapter 7? For Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it in Israel, statutes and judgments. In preparation and getting your heart right, you're going to have to be prepared to seek God's word. You've got, you got to spend some time. Y'all understand what I'm saying this morning? You, am I making sense? Some angels are looking at me like, you're, like I'm crazy. Amen. And I think you're crazy. Amen. Because here's the thing. I know I'm crazy. Amen. But I'm saved. Amen. Oh, Brother Hoss, Michael Haney, every time that you'd meet Brother Hoss in town, uh, he, he always wanted to talk about the Lord. Now, I'm telling you, if you're living for God, that's good. But if there's something wrong, that ain't good. Amen. It just make you feel bad. I'm ever. It didn't matter where you was. Brother Hoss wanted to talk about God, and he'd say, "I'm just a nut screwed on the right bolt." Amen. And I thought that's pretty good. Amen. I love Brother Hoss. But listen, 
You know what Ezra wanted to do? He was seeking, he was prepared in his heart to seek God's Word. He wanted to know what God had to say to him through His Word. Are you prepared to seek God's Word? Do you get ready? Let me ask you something. Do you get up or do you go to bed reading the Word of God? Do you read this book somewhere in the day? Do you want to find out what God has to say to you? Boy, I do. I'm telling you, I want to know what He has to say to me because I know it's going to help me and it's going to instruct me. He wanted to know, but He not only wanted to know it, but then He wanted to do it. There's a lot of folks sitting on a church bench. They know, but they just don't do. I'll never forget the story Brother Mays Jackson said one time when I was preaching tent revival. And he said, I got to preaching against liquor. And he said, when I got saved, uh, uh, he said, bless God, I, I throwed that liquor bottle away. And he said, there was a black lady sitting in the crowd up front. And he said, as I was preaching, and I preached on that, talking about that liquor bottle, that she said, amen, preacher, amen. I believes it, I believes it. That's what she said. He said, I believe when you uh, get saved, you'll, uh, uh, you'll, you'll uh, quit talking about your neighbor and you'll live right for the Lord. And said, uh, She said, I believe it, preacher, I believe it. He said, the longer I preached, he said, the more I wanted to get something on her. Because every time I said something, it was, I believe it, I believe it. He said, I believe when you get saved, uh, you'll throw that old snuff bottle away. Said she said, I believes it, I believes it. I just don't do it, I don't do it. Amen. <laughs> hey, some of us believe some things, we just don't do it sometimes. Amen. Amen. I, I'm just telling you, friend, it's one thing. You know, we got a lot of fact collectors. We got a lot of people that know a lot about this book, they just don't do it. And that's why we got to get our heart prepared uh, uh, not only to find out what God wants us to do and believe it, but then do it. Uh, and then Ezra wanted to have his heart in such a place that he could teach it. That he could be able to help. Amen. I'm telling you, we got to get our heart prepared to seek God. If there's something in there, you can't, you can't be prepared to seek God. If there's something in there between you and God, you can face something out between you and your brother, uh, you and your sister. You'll never be able to seek out what God wants in your life. So we get prepared to seek God. But then number two, we've got to be prepared to serve God. Second Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So there is some preparation that after we learn what to do, after we have sought God, prepared our heart in a place, we've got it ready to seek God, and we do seek God, then we've got to do something with what we know to do with. And that's what he's talking about. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, there were some things that needed to be taken out. There were some things that needed to be purged out, some things that needed to be done. I, I, you know, to purge out something means that we get out things that don't belong there. Being prepared. Are we fit for the master's use? He said, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Are me and you fit for the master's use? That's a good question, Ann. Can God use us? He said, being prepared unto every good work. I, I thought about that 
you know, being, you know, that word preparation uh, means to make ready, yes, and to provide and set and establish or to be used for a particular purpose. I thought about that. Am, am I prepared unto every good work? First of all, is, is my testimony in a place where God can use it? Is my testimony out in this world a, a place where God could use me? Or have I ruined my testimony by how I've lived and how I've talked and how I've walked in front of other people? Am I prepared to serve Him? Do I want to serve Him? Do you want to serve the Lord? Are you happy in doing what you're doing? Boy, ain't this just exciting this morning? These are some questions that I have to ask myself. Am I prepared for God to use me? Do I want to be used? Should I be used? He talks about being prepared. That's to be ready. Just like Ezra, he studied. He got ready. He wanted to know the Word of God. I, a friend, for me to preach this this morning, I had to get ready for it. It just wasn't a matter of finding scripture uh, and, and getting an outline. I, uh, friend, I, I'm going to tell you, you'll know something about these outlines. I do have them most of the time. Now, if you ever see me get up here with that outline, there's one or two things about to happen. I'm either fixing to be very short or I'm about to be very long. So, make you a little nervous there. Amen. I know how I preach. But see, it's, it's not the fact. And, and here's the thing. Yeah, yes, I, I, I've got things here. Sometimes I preach it the way it is. Just right down the line. There it is. Sometimes I take that thing and I lay it up here and I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. And I just try to pay attention to the Lord. And sometimes I fold it up and slide it in the back of my Bible and here we go. But the thing about it is, is I have read and I have studied and I have prayed. So I've tried to prepare. For Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. So preacher, I'm not preaching or I'm not teaching. I understand that. But there's other things that we do to uh, prepare. There's things that we do to prepare. But let me ask you this. Uh, does, does God ever move on you to witness to somebody? To talk to somebody about Him? Did you know, did you know that it would be okay uh, if, you, if you said, Lord, I need some help of, of what to say and it would be okay if you practiced that. It would be. It would be okay. Say, so, I, I mean, it would be good for, for you to practice on how to tell the gospel. You're getting prepared. You see? It'd be okay for you to prepare that. It'd be okay for you to practice that. Now, I know things don't always go the way that we think they're going to when we're witnessing. I get that. I understand that. I, I, I've never seen, just like I was telling you about that young man that got saved the other day, I, I've never seen a, fellow, a, a young man so agreeable. And, and that caught me off guard. I didn't have to convince him he was a sinner. I said, you know you're a sinner. Yes, I know I'm a sinner. I can't, ain't found a sinner in a long time. Man, I ain't found a sinner in a long time. Found one another day, amen. I was not prepared for that, is what I'm telling you. There's things that we do to get prepared. Just like telling about salvation. Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul said this. When he talked about the whole armor of God, he said, In your feet shod with the preparation 
of the gospel of peace. He, be prepared to go tell it. Be prepared to explain it. Be prepared to go. Notice he talks about your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It is your feet that makes you travel. Be ready to go. Be prepared to go. 1 Peter 3 said, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Have you ever thought about what you would say if somebody asked you how to get to heaven? Or how do you know that you're saved? Or why are you so happy? What are you going to say? Are you prepared to give an answer? Or are you going to stumble around? Listen, I know. Listen, as much as I like to talk, I've stumbled around and stuttered and sought for words. And, and, and I'm just being honest about those things. But, but I do know this. I do know God can help you if you'll prepare your heart. Not only to seek Him, but then be prepared to what? Unto every good work. Uh, and that is to serve Him. If you'll prepare your heart and say, Lord, I want to serve you no matter what you want me to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you make that statement right there, Lord, I want to serve you no matter what, <clears throat> you better get ready to work. Do you not want to be found in His will, though? I want to be found in His will. You know, I have a reminder built into my calendar. I teach devotions uh, every four weeks. And, and I have a reminder built into my calendar that shows up every, on, on its... Uh, it work, I, don't, I don't remember which, fourth, which time it is in the week, but it shows up. I teach on Thursday morning, and on Wednesday day, it reminds me, hey, tomorrow you've got to teach devotion. You say, why do you have to have a reminder? Well, it ain't a weekly thing. You'll tend to forget it if you ain't careful. And you know why I have a reminder? So I can get prepared. So I can get prepared, first of all, to go so that I don't forget. The preacher, would you forget? Not only would I forget, I have forgot. They called me one day. I only done it one time. And from there on out, I said, we've got to put this on the calendar somewhere. I was, I was sitting on the couch and I got a phone call. And he said, uh, you, you do know today's your day to do devotions. And it was time to do it right then. Well, they wasn't no getting there. Luckily, somebody else was prepared. I've done my part. Because of my ignorance. And my laziness. I know God can help us even when we're not prepared. I understand that. I get that. And I trust that. Because there's been many times, I, I mean, if, if there's been times that I've showed up at churches and, uh, and, and end up preaching. And I didn't go to preach. And God will help. There's been times, that friend, that, 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 that folk will come and ask you a question about the Lord. And, and it might be something that you have no idea, but God can help you help them. So we're prepared to seek God. Are you ready to seek Him, but are you ready to serve Him? I don't know if I've made any sense this morning. But number three, I want to go back to the text verse. And you know what he told them over here? You know what he told Israel? He, he, said, he said, prepare to meet thy God. So number three, let me ask you this question. Are you prepared to see God? 
Are, are you prepared to see God? I, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I, I want to know the question. I want to know the answer to this question about my life. In 1 John chapter 2, he said, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. You're going to meet God, and I'm going to meet God one day. Are we going to meet Him in confidence, or are we going to meet Him in being ashamed? He said, prepare to meet God. He said, because you have refused and you have rebelled, you have rejected, you've not done anything I've told you, I've prepared you, I've tried to prepare you, and you still wouldn't get right and wouldn't get ready. I don't think if you're saved, you'll ever feel like you've ever done enough. If you ever feel like you've done enough, there's something wrong. What was it Paul said? He said, he said I, I don't feel like I've apprehended. He says, I don't think I've, I've not arrived. I've not got there is what he said. He said, I'm still pressing forward toward the mark. I'm not apprehended. I'm not caught this thing yet. I'm not got it all figured out. And you would think if anybody could say that, it would have been the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, the, the, the Apostle to the Gentiles, uh, that God took on the backside of the desert over there uh, and told him personally, you think he would be the one that would have apprehended? But he said, I've not. And so I think about meeting God. You ever think about meeting Jesus? Man alive. Give us a whole life to serve him. And to be prepared to meet him and how we're going to meet him. How are we going to be prepared to meet him? A lot of times this gets preached to the lost person and it needs to be. And if you're lost this morning, preparation to meet God, a friend, is like this. Romans chapter 10. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how you get saved. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think about, I think about that Philippian chapter. I think about how. Let me, let me park here and I'll come back to this Philippian chapter. We, we make things too hard sometimes in salvation. Make it too hard. Folks got to come a certain way. They got to act a certain way. I think you'll be broken hearted. I do. I, I, I don't think, uh, friend, that, that you can come uh, flippantly, if I could say it that way or nonchalantly. I, I think you've got to really understand some things and the fact that you're lost. And Jesus wants to save you. Not everybody's going to cry. Not everybody's going to show emotion. Even though it's an emotional thing. Uh, Mitchell's daddy told me the story one time. Brother Buddy did. Uh, there was a gentleman that rode with him to work. And he, try, he was trying his best to get him saved. Trying to get him saved. He had no emotion at all. Just wasn't an emotional man. He said one, one Monday morning. said He just got in the car with me. Sat down. He said while we were going up the road. said He looked at me and he said. I got saved yesterday out at the church. He said that's the way he was. Said he just he had no emotion. Said in everything, you know, we, we get in our mind how people have to come to the Lord. 
We also think that they have to be instructed a whole bunch. That Philippian jailer, reckon how much he had been preached to or that he heard. How much had he heard? How much did he know? I, I, I don't know. I don't even know if he heard Paul and Silas singing in the prison because this man was asleep uh, uh, when all this went down. I don't know how much he heard. But I do know this. He had to know something. He had to know something. He had to know something was wrong. He had to know there was something different about them boys in there. Because you know what? He didn't go to any other prisoner to come and get saved. He came to Paul and Silas. He knew that them boys had something that nobody else had. Fell down before them and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He knew something about salvation though, didn't he? And so you know what they said? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. I believe that's what he done. And you'll find out in the next verse that Paul and Silas, they expounded a little more about salvation. You know, that's what I tried to do the other day after that young man got saved and I left and I thought, man, son, you, and I was talking to myself, I thought, man, you, you just left him and, and didn't give him hardly any instruction or nothing. Now, I know he's wanting to go back to work. I understood that. I know that. And I thought, man, you left him with nothing. So I tried everywhere in the world come Friday to get him everything that I thought he might need. I wanted him to have what he needed. That's called being prepared. But you know, if you're lost and you're not saved, you're unprepared to meet God. You're unprepared. Revelation 20 is a place, it's called a great white throne judgment. And that's where you meet God at, unprepared. Can I read that real quick just this morning? Revelation chapter 20 and in verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whom's face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell uh, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know how to miss all that? You get prepared by having your name written in the book of life and you get that by trusting Jesus. If you'll come by faith and trust the Lord, you can be prepared. You can be prepared. Let's bow our heads this morning.